Good morning. God's promises are for me, for you. You know, I thought this would be just a good message in this season, in the Lenten season as we head toward Easter, just thinking about what does it mean to be a Christ follower, how important the promises of God are for our life. And, you know, a lot of times people think, well, I, I believe, and I believe in God's promises, but I think they're for somebody else. Well, let me interrupt you there this morning. I believe that God's promises are for you and for me. And they're for us to apply to our life, to, to know God. Now, we'll talk this morning about not manipulating. Some people take the Word of God and they try to manipulate, they try to coerce strong God. As, as ridiculous as that sounds, that's how ridiculous it is to the Father. But sometimes we think, well, God, I'm going to stronghold you, I'm going I'm to hold you to this. And there are promises and there's principles, and we're going to look at the difference this morning because I want to try to give you a real biblical word about that today. But this promises is a, an important discipline for us to consider as Christ followers. I, I would set it up this way. Boy, my mic is giving me fits today. Sorry about that. I keep tugging on it. Have you ever said this, or your kids, you, you've done something, you said something to them earlier in the week, and then they come back and say, Mom, 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 Dad, Dad. You promised. How many of you raise your hand if your kids have ever said that to you? Yeah. Yeah, and, and they don't forget because they remember you stated emphatically it's something you promised to do something, and now they're deeply disappointed, and you're disappointed because you didn't hold to your word. You, you know, I don't know why it is, but children crave promise-keeping adults in their life, and the church said, you know, my nickname several years ago became PK. Some people like it, some people don't like it. The only time I really, really like it is I like it when I sign stuff, not uh, uh, officially with all the legal documents and different stuff I sign, but, but just in, in just doing quick things, I just go PK, it's just quick. And kids like, ah, PK, or Pastor Keith, or Shepherd or Keith, or whatever, you know, I'll answer almost anything. But PK, but I got to thinking about it. The original PK is God. Promise keeper you know i was a part how many of you in the room were part of the promise keeper movement when it was so big back during the 90s yeah not many of you okay i remember i had a white cat with uh the white cap with purple writing pk promise keeper and it was a great movement that inspired men all across america to take god at his word and that's what i want to talk about today is being a promise keeper because god is a promise keeper he makes promises and god delivers every time on his promises so this morning as we look at that i just want us to think about faithfulness is one of the attributes of god great is his faithfulness toward us it's an it's an attribute it's something that god's consistent in over and over god some people say, well, does that mean full of faith? It is full of faith. It means worthy of faith. Our God is worthy because he has been so perfect. He has provided. He has delivered. He has sustained. He has strengthened. He has, he has guided us to where we are. But he, he doesn't fail. He just he hangs in there. He endures. He's, it's the foundation to our faith is the faithfulness of Abba. Oh, he's faithful. And I want to be a faithful dad. You know, my kids are grown, as you know. And, and we had fellowship last night. We were celebrating our, one of our son-in-law's birthday, and that, that was a lot of fun, and all the grandkids, everybody running around. I love that. But yet, when I look, I think about how many times I have failed and how, much, how many times I have and will continue to fall short 
even though I want to be a good father, I want to be an effective father, but I have, as you have, if you know him, we have a perfect father in heaven that has never let us down. Amen? He's just faithful, man. I love it. He keeps his promises, and he, he fulfills, and he practices his faithfulness every single day. God's promises are magnificent. They have extreme value. Listen to what Hebrews says. Write down Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 36. Today, I just want you to know, you need a pen. You need a pencil. You need something to write. I am going to give you, we are going to have an explosion today of God's word. I'm going to give you so much of the scripture. Is that okay with you? I, I love doing that. And some, I, I met with a guy the other day, a good friend. He goes, you know, he says, I still, after all my years of ministry, I still am kind of a one verse man. I give a verse and I build all my points and my poems and my illustrations and everything around one verse. I go, that's good, that's good, oh, good. You probably discovered a long time ago, that's not PK. I love to give you God's word. I love to preach expositionally, walk through verse by verse. I love to preach topically, but at the end of the day, end of the day, I want to preach God's word uncompromisingly, beginning to end, faithfully. I want to give you God's word, and church said, and in that, so you get a lot of the word, and sometimes, ah, that, that word didn't speak to me. Oh, 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 but pastor, you shared another verse. You know, some, some weeks I come here and I'll share 15, 20, 25 verses. Some weeks it'll just be four verses. Some weeks, I, I don't know. Sometimes I count, sometimes I don't. But I just want you to know, listen to Hebrews. Do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. You know, a lot of times when God makes a promise, there's a condition on it. And we don't necessarily like those conditions. We just want to like, oh, God, God, you promised. That's kind of weak, isn't it? But God, you promised. But it might be that it had if you do this, if you obey, if you turn from this. I don't know, but I'll just give you some quotes real quick before we get into a lot of scriptures. I was reading this Puritan theologian, and he says, the promises are the pathways where Christ meets the soul. I like that. That's where Jesus meets you and me, is on the pages of Scripture. Just this morning, in my devotional time, God met me as he does every day in his word. Another great quote. Whatever is believed without a promise is only presumed. Promises are the objects of faith through which we feed and nurture and sustain every other grace that God gives us or built or anchored or tethered to promises. It's important that you know the promises of God. At the very top here, you, you, you see there, I just wrote a few comments about studying God's Word and promises. And then in, inside that little box, you'll see all those verses. And we're not going to read them. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. They're for you to have Bible study this week. A lot of material for you to have devotional this Lenten season. But some scholars will say there's 3,000, 3,473. Others will say 7,000. So somewhere between three and 7,000 promises in the Word of God for you and me. A lot of God's Word for us. And applying the promises, but sometimes they have specific things that we have to do, have to adhere to for them to come through. But here's what I'd say. I'd hope that you read your Bible, because I, I talk about that a lot. But I hope even more than you just reading it, you pray your Bible. You pray through the Scriptures. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you're reading God's Word, you begin to go, these are pure and sincere and noble prayers that I, I voice back to Him. It's when I pray His Word. I, it, it begins to become a part of my fabric. So let's fill in this first point. Drop below the box because I'm, I'm going to come back. Number one, 
God keeps his promises. Just fill in that blank. God keeps his promises. I love that. Every single time, God keeps it. Matter of fact, now I'm just going to go up and I'll come back to the point I'm making. Right side inside that box. Everybody pick up your worship, guys. Some of you are like, i got to find it. I put it in my purse. I'm sitting on it. I know you leave it behind you. I cannot believe how many of y'all leave these behind. You hurt my feelings. I'm just telling you. Cheryl and I work really hard to produce this for you every week. And everybody said, no wrong answer. Thank you, Cheryl. But, but we do, man. We work hard to produce this. We want to, uh, somebody, an elder that's in heaven today, he used to say, well, there's one thing about it. If you want to keep it a secret, put it in the worship guide. Nobody will see it. <laughs> and that makes me livid. Because we work hard. We really did. We spent a lot of time because we want it to be creative. We want to be informational. I want you to take it with you. And then, but then I have some people say, no, pastor, I only say it for the back page because that's where you're at. Woo! I'm taking notes. And then some of you, you can't even lie about that. You're just like, I just leave it behind. All right, so look at, so everybody pick them up. Everybody wave them at me. I just want to see if you even picked them up when you came in. If you're not waving it, repent and go to the back and get one now. Okay, here we go. Now, ha, that was funny. Okay, I humor myself sometimes. 7,000 problems. Look at here. Here's 10 areas. Now, I'm not going to read these verses to you. And I don't want you to read them out because i got something I want to say to you. But this week, this day, these are 10 areas. Salvation, healing, provision, forgiveness, strength, joy, peace, answered prayer, comfort, and hope. That's only 10 categories with lots of God's Word that are containing promises of God. And I'd hope that you would spend some time just reflecting this week on the promises of God. Maybe this month, this year. God, I want to get more of your promises into me. Lord, I want to keep your promises. Because God, I know this, back to the point. You always keep your word. You always keep your word, God. You don't go back on your word. You and I, if we're honest, we go back on, our, on the word. We, we don't want to go back on our word because it makes us feel guilty. There, there's shame attached to it. And, and all of us right now, I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell somebody the last time you went back on your word. No, don't do that. Somebody said, Emma, thank you for coming today all the way from Ellis City. But you would not come back if I had y'all do that. So we're not going to do that today. We'll do that next weekend. No, we're not going to do that. But I want you to think about where, where have you not been faithful? Lord, you, you made promises. God, you kept them. Even when they cost you everything. They cost you your son. God, they, they cost so many things. And sometimes it costs us. How many would agree it cost us to keep the promises of God as a follower of Jesus? It does. It, it costs us our integrity. It costs us our witness. It costs us friends sometimes because we, we go, God, i got to stand true to your promises. But I want to keep moving because I've got a lot of stuff I want to cover with you. Secondly, don't confuse a promise with a principle. Now, I love principles, and principles are all through this book, and so are promises. A principle is not a promise. A principle is like built around the Word of God. It's not necessarily that it says that. It infers that. You could come to the conclusion of that. There's principles built upon the Word of God. And then there's promises. But there's all these mistakes that we go, God, God, it's a promise. God, I want you to write this if you take notes. God fulfills His promises 100% of the time. He always does. But the book of Proverbs, listen. The book of Proverbs is not a book of promises. It's a book of principles to follow. So many times you see this in contrast to this. 
you follow these, usually this is the condition that comes out. And, I, and I'll make clear sense. With, well, let, let me just say this one. This is one that I've heard my whole Christian faith. And I've quoted it many times. I was a youth pastor for a long time. And then 23 years ago, I became a founding senior pastor. But here, here's what I'd say to you. And I love this, but this is a principle in the Word of God because I, I think there's a broader context. I always try to talk to you about reading the context, not a pretext. And I think I've tried to explain the difference. But listen to this. The book of Proverbs is mistaken as a book of promises, but it's principles. Write down Proverbs 22.6, and I'll tell you what it is. Somebody, I, I, Pastor, I don't need to write down. I already know it. I've already memorized it. Oh, that's good. And it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will do what? Not depart from it. That's a principle. It's a principle from God's Word. Not necessarily a promise. It's, it's, it's referred to us. It's given to us. It's, it's, it's the ways of God. We should admonish this. We, we, we should follow this. But, but it's not necessarily that it's a guarantee that everyone that's raised that way is going to follow Christ. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It breaks my heart. But I've seen this experientially in all the years I've done ministry. Now, we'll quote this verse, but sometimes we'll quote it out of context. We, I mean, it might be that we had good intention, and, and God loves our motives when they're pure. But it's a principle from God's Word. We, we should train. How many of you think we should raise up our kids in the admonition of Jesus Christ? That's what we do here. But they do have a free will. They could choose to abandon the faith. They could choose to walk away. They could choose to know, ignore Jesus. I hear it all too often around here. I talk to friends so often that their grown adult kids have abandoned their faith. Oh, how I pray that they would return and repent and rend their hearts as we talked from Joel last weekend. Here, here's another thing, mistakes. We ignore the context. We go, God, this is a promise, and I'm going to hold you to it. Listen, listen, you've got to be careful about that. That could be a specific promise to a specific person or to a group of people. In that time, you want to read it in the totality of God's Word and all God's people said. Because it's a little scary. You're just like, God... I'm just going to pick up. You know, sometimes we, have you ever noticed this? We cherry pick the promises of God. The promises we like. How many of you got some promises you like? God, God, I like this promise. Oh, God, I don't like that promise. Let's don't, let's don't talk about that one. How about this one? So we, we try to malign, we, we, and then we overlook the if. If, if. if this promise requires obedience in a tough area, we skip it sometimes. And God's like, no. That promise doesn't activate in your life. It doesn't work unless you obey me. But you obey me. You, you follow me. It's for you. It's, it's, it, you know, sometimes they're conditional. We, we choose a selective promise. All right, here, here's one. I've, I've shared it with people all the time. Exodus 14, 14. Write it down. I'll give it to you. It's a great verse. I love this verse. It's on my prayer wall right back there in my office right now. I take it back to my war room, and I show it on the wall, and it's on the middle of my wall. And here's what the Word of God says, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. How many of you like that verse? I like that verse. God, you're going to fight for me. And God does fight for us, and I believe the Word of God teaches that. But if you will read just three chapters later in Exodus, guess what God tells them to do then? He tells them to fight their enemies. Sometimes God wants us to be still. Sometimes He doesn't. So we just have to read it in, in, in the completeness of what it is. I, I want you to read God's Word exhaustively. I want you to read it completely. And I want you to, above everything, God, is this a promise for me? Because here's the thing. You don't want to try to get a promise just so like, God, I want you to do what I want you to do. But God, I want to submit my heart to you. I want to love you, Jesus. I want to honor you, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit. 
So I submit my will to your will. You be glorified in this. I want your promises. I want to learn your promises. And Lord, maybe it's a promise, maybe it's a principle, maybe it's a list of principles that are going to help me in my Christian faith. And, and those are great. But Lord, help me to always surrender to you. Like, here's one. I, I've used this one. <laughs> I repent, but I have. I know this verse. Everybody knows it's if you've been walking with Jesus. Where two or three gather in my name, there am I in the midst of you. And he is. He is. So we get two or three people right down here at the altar. Now, God, now, God, there's six of us. We doubled. Double. That'd be okay. Okay. All right. So, so God, God, you do what I tell you to do because we've gathered. Now, kind of got it out of context. There, there is power. I'll have to get chaplain and maybe preach on this verse. Maybe he understands it better than I do. And I think there is power. When we, how many believe there's power? The Ecclesiastes says there's, there's strength in strands of three. How many believe that? Works in marriage, works in life, works in the Trinity, works with us. And, and, and we should gather two or three. I'm not negating what the God's Word says. But sometimes if we're not careful, we wanted to manipulate to say something. And maybe he hasn't fully said that. And we're like, but God, you know... God, bend to me. Bend your, bend your will to me, God. Do what I tell you. And I don't know about you, last time I tried to get God to bend to my will, it didn't go so well. God's higher. His ways are higher than mine and yours. His thoughts are so wiser. They're so richer. He knows what is best. How many of you are praising God this morning that God has not answered some prayers in your life? Aren't you glad you didn't buy that house? Aren't you glad, don't look at the person, aren't you glad you didn't marry that person? Aren't you, no, and you're hard glad you're the one you're with. I hope you're glad you married her. Aren't you glad you didn't do this? Aren't you glad you didn't take that job? Aren't you, I mean, I just think so many times we pray prayers and God doesn't answer them. We don't, or he says no. And we go, oh God, you didn't do what I asked you. And now you go, praise the Lord. And, and some of you think that's really funny and others are just like, oh, I'm not going to say anything in church. I'll be in trouble. Okay. All right, so limiting and sometimes we limit our, our promises of god to the understanding that we have and that's limited so many times so we want to read god's word and avoid the pitfalls that he has for us god help us to do our homework that, that, that's what i'd say to you just real quick do your homework read the word of god study the word of god and ask god to search your motives and see if they're pure that's what god wants is pure sincere devoted witnesses of christ so god i I have to surrender i have i have to check in principles or concepts that give general guidance but they're not absolutes promises are absolutes from the word of god and the church said and principles are concepts they're they they help us they guide us they they help us develop a framework uh ecclesiastes listen to this ecclesiastes 2 2 a time to plant a time to uproot what has been planted Two, three, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build. Then he goes on down there in verse 6, a time to search, a time to give up as lost, a time to keep, a time to throw away. And listen to verse 7. Boy, this is a good one. A time to tear apart, a time to sew together. A time to silent, be silent, and a time to speak. How many of you like that verse? But is that, is that not true? Is that not a principle from the Word of God? Hello? I mean, how many of you have gotten in trouble because you spoke when you needed to stop? Uh-huh. And how many times have you, like, uh, you're silent and you need to speak up? Because you had a voice. You had the voice of a follower of Jesus. 
You could speak life into that situation. You know, it's what I pray between now and Resurrection Day. God will give you and me boldness to speak our faith clear. And we also would speak, that video, I love that video. The, the question for me was, who? Who shall I invite? Would anybody, here we go. When you walk out today, we're not letting you out the door until we see this word on top of your worship guide. The word, who? I'm just kidding. We will let you out. But, Who? Who should I invite? How many believe that God would love to answer that prayer this season about who you should invite? I'm, I'm, I'm asking it, God, who do you want me to invite? And it's not that I'm trying to invite one person. I, I've actually got a list. I'm trying to think of lots of people, and I'm asking, Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me, take me to people that I need to see over the next two weeks to invite them to the service here. And I hope you'll do it. And if we all do it together, wow, we, we might be amazed what our Father does because it is God's will that none should perish but all come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And the church said, I believe that. But it takes us as one voice together, principles, promises, trusting in the Word of God. Let me just give you some promises that I love. Here's some of my favorites. Write them down. They're not going to come up. You just need to write them down. I told you I was just going to give you a lot of verses. I gave you this whole box. You got, man, Pastor, you gave me enough homework for six months. Or you're a slow reader. Okay. But let me give you some more. James 1.5, he promises to give wisdom if you and I ask. 1 Corinthians 10.13, he promises to provide a way out of temptation if we seek him. John 10.28-29, he promises that our salvation is secure no matter what. I love the security of Christ. Uh, Hebrews 13.5, he promises to never leave us nor forsake us. How many of you like that promise? Philippians 1.6, he promises to finish the good work that he's begun in you and me. Oh, I love that promise. In Luke 12, 40, you ought to love this one. He promises to come back. I'm glad the Lord comes again. So these promises that I'm talking about today, they're sure, they're stand fast, they're steadfast, they, they, they stand across the ages. God's word will live on forever. God's word is eternal. How many believe that this morning? Hopefully all of you. God's word. It's really scary in the society and the day that we live in. People in seminaries and all kind of different places have been persuaded by the academia of society. And some of them are great. And some of them have lost their ever-loving mind. And they're trying to debate and they're trying to diffuse this word. And this is not truth. Only part of it is truth. Like, no, this is the word of the living Christ. This is eternal for the ages. Amen. I hope you love it. You're like, man, Pastor, you get so excited about it. Yeah, I do. It's the bedrock for my soul. I'm going to give you something that I learned, and, 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 and this was in a, in a big study. It hasn't necessarily been true in my study. Maybe it's been true in chaplain's ministry, but I thought it was interesting. The 121st Psalm, write down Psalm 121. So many times this is the most popular scripture reading at bedsides. Of course, I would think it'd probably be Psalm 23 or something else, and that's certainly one of them. But here it talks about God as our unfailing protector. Listen, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is at your, sh your shade at your right hand. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over you coming and going both now and forevermore. How many of you like that? I love that. So next time maybe you go to see somebody, you might say, you know, could I just share a scripture with you? I've found every time that I've done it, people are eager to really receive something of eternal nature, eternal hope, something of strength, something of comfort when you leave the room. And I think we have it. We have God's Word. We have the Holy Spirit with us. But back to this thing. We, we make promises. 
and, and, and we make these promises, and we looked around this morning, and we said, hey, how many of you made a promise and broke it? Like, you know, everybody raised their hand. And it's unanimous. We've all made promises that we intended to fulfill. But somehow we weren't strong enough to fulfill it. Some, something happened. It just something, uh, our, our hearts, here, here's another reason. And I'm going to be real honest here. Our hearts are just crooked. They just get off the path. And we intended, our intentions, how many of you have intentions that are good? But somewhere between intentions and walking it out, there's a separation. But my intentions, Pastor, here's one I hear all the time. Pastor, I intend to be at church every Sunday in 2019. You lied. Don't even, don't even declare that. Pastor, I intend to be there more than I was last year. Well, that's good, because you hardly even came last year, okay? Or, Pastor, my intention is I'm going to serve when I feel like it. Pastor, I intend... Oh, here's the one I hear. I, I've heard this. Oh, man. I don't know why people come up and tell me this. Pastor, now, I want you to know, when I win that lottery, I intend to pay off that building. Glory to God and walk off. Now, you ain't going to win the lottery. So get out of here, you know. I wish they'd make me a liar because, hey, man, yeah. Or here's one I hear. Pastor, I intend to give. Oh, Pastor, I'm going to start giving. You are? When? When I get around to it, I intend to give. I'm telling you, church, and, and this isn't a message about giving, but if it speaks, receive it. Because together we're more, together we're better. God, help us to follow you. Just give you a quick verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him, being Jesus Christ. How many believe that? We find our yes in Christ. We find our salvation. We found our redemption. We find our forgiveness in Christ. It's a, it's a, a statement. It's a, a declaration, says Matt Chandler, of confidence. We place our confidence in Him. Here's what it says. God, I believe that you are able. I am not, but you are able. I surrender to you. Man, I, I fall so short every week, and I don't know where you're at in your journey, but I know my God has not failed me. I know my God keeps His promises. I know God is able when I choose to abide and rest in Him. It's when I get out of that, when I try to detach myself or try to do something dumb, I, I, I get off the page, I get off what God's got for me, and I don't find my yes because it's not in Christ. It's not abiding in Him. The whole John 15, if you just want to have a, a section to go meditate. Here, here's what I'd say. Have a devotional life the rest of your days. Don and I have a good friend that we ministered to and did his funeral this past year, or this year, 2019. At the end of his life, I was visiting with him one day, and I asked my friend, I says, what is it that you miss? He looked at me, he says, Keith, he says, the thing that I miss most is not able to read my Bible like I love to read the Word of God. And he had tears coming down his face. And I sat there in his family room and I looked at him and I went, I knew how much he loved Jesus and I knew how much he loved us and on and on and on. And I said, man, this, this is his number one concern it's not that he's dying. It's not that he's unhealthy. It's that he can't read God's Word. 
And I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me something, man. I need something. God, give me something. And I said, have you thought about listening to it on tape, online, on CD, on, on something? Listen to it digitally. He goes, he said, just a minute. He hobbled back in the bedroom on a walker. He came back and he set down a stack of CDs that was about this long and about this high. And he threw it down on me. He goes, I have. He says, you want to see where I'm at? He was about halfway through them. He says, I'm listening to God's word every day. Devotional life was still intact. But his greatest regret was that he could not read the word of God. Some of you are like, wow, I'm convicted. Man, I, I got two healthy eyes and healthy kidney and heart and body, or healthy liver. I got, I got everything, God. And I'm being a little lazy, so God, help me find your promises. Help me to read again. Help me to take away what you have. Psalm, listen to Psalm 145, 13. We're going to keep moving. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. Yahweh is faithful in all of his deeds and loving in all of his deeds. Our God is faithful. The kingdoms of this world system will not last. They will actually burn up. But the kingdom of our God will reign and rule for all eternity. And I say, amen. And that's what I beg you to be a part of. That's what I beg you to pledge your allegiance to. I pledge my allegiance to Jesus Christ this morning. My hope is in Christ. Colossians, write down this verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. It says, set your affections on things above, on things above, but not of things of this earth. Lord, Help me not be so worldly-minded that I'm of no heavenly good. Help me to not be so attached to this world that I negate, that I neglect your eternal kingdom in making a difference. Your voice matters to God. Do y'all believe that today, church? Your witness matters. You see, here's what I'm trying to say. Today, next weekend we've got another fun video that'll speak to you about bringing people but if our church would get serious about inviting 52 weeks a year and really inviting this place to overflow for easter i think we would see a significant eternal work of the kingdom of god through us as the holy spirit draws people and i'm believing god if you will do it with me i cannot do it by myself it will take us all together but a greater work of the holy spirit this will be a house of salvation again this place will see many born again easter sunday if we invite people how many believe that today but you gotta think you go well i sure hope them people are here to pastor today i hope they invite somebody man man do you do you ever go to the grocery store Invite somebody. Man, just invite them. I, I talk to guys all the time. You know, I talk to people. They go, well, I go there to get a date. I'm not asking you to go to a grocery store and get a date. I'm asking you to go to a grocery store and, oh, I'm going to get broccoli. Well, get your broccoli, but invite somebody. Well, pastor, I'm on the soccer. I'm on the baseball field. Uh, pastor, I'm, I'm in the drive-thru. I'm in the body shop. God, uh, I had to go. I mean, guys, y'all know how many times I strike out inviting people? I invite people all the time. And sometimes they come, a lot of times they don't. And, and man, I'm just, man, I'm just going, you know, and a lot of times they look at me, oh, you're, and they lie to me. Oh, look, look at me, in fact, I'm coming, I'm coming, preacher. I walk into some restaurants in our city, and I walk in, and it's like, oh, conviction, oh, pastor, pastor. I just walk up to him, pastor, I'm coming this Sunday. I'm going, no, you're not, you're lying. Where's me a table? I don't say that, but I want to. I got this one place I go. And I don't eat out like I used to, but I go to this one place, and every time I see the one, oh, I'm coming, Pastor. Oh, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming. 
I'm, I'm going to walk in there next time to sign. No, you're not. <laughs> Give me a table. Now, why is that so funny? That woman needs Jesus. But she's just ignoring me. Let her ignore you. Invite. Does anybody get this thing? Invite. Do you get in church? So Easter, bring somebody with you. Bring a busload. You're like, all right, that'd be great. All right, here we go. Let me, let me give you a verse. Joshua 21, 45. I like this. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. That's what the Word of God says. God's Word was fulfilled 100% of the time to the people there of Israel. He fulfills His Word to us. Hebrews 6, 17-18. Write it down. But from the message, listen to how he puts it. When God wants, wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word. A rock-solid guarantee. God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. We, who have run for our very lives to God, have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God. I love the way that passage is just written out there for us to encourage us. So God keeps his promises. The second one, don't confuse a promise with a... Don't confuse a promise with a... I'm going to tell you, I won't repeat myself. You go to lunch sooner if you say it the first time. Okay. If you don't, I'm having remedial class this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Here, I'll show you the list of the people that are coming back already. Show me the next screen. Wouldn't it be hilarious if I had your name up there? Like, you're a little slow. You need to come back. Of course, I'd be at the top of the class because I, I need it. But so do some of you. Okay, let's go to the third one. Here it is. Ready? I'm going to get ready here. I'm going to land the plane a little bit. Somebody said, thank you, Lord, because my stomach's going off. It needs to eat. I need to beat the Baptist to the buffet. Come on. We're not, I'm going to have a buffet and a Diet Coke. Diet Coke ain't doing you no good. Okay, all right, here you go. That's always killed me. People, pastor, pastor, I go to the buffet and I drink two pitchers of Diet Coke. Well, glory to God. It ain't going to help you. Right. Pastor, I only had half a dozen donuts this morning before the service started. Woo, glory, glory, glory. All right. That has nothing to do with where I'm going. All right, third, third, third. I need to trust his promises. Look at this. Psalm 119, 140. Your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them. God's word is tested purified, holy, survives. Psalm 119, 148, go down eight verses. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. God, help us to be a people of the book. Help us to be a people that love the promises of Christ, that they are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Now, here's what I promised. I want you, I, I do this, hold your pen up if you have a writing device, hold them up. Wait a minute, hold them up high. I want everybody on this side to look over at this side. Thank God, because about two of you had your hands up, and one of them was Kelsey, and she's got 16 kids, and she is amazing. <laughs> and she still had her pen, and her kids had on clean clothes when they came in. Thank God, some of you raised your hand. Kelsey, you are fixing to just go into heaven right now. You get a glory pass. Bring your pen. I, I have a lot of fun with y'all. Have y'all figured that out? 
Oh, man, you beat us up, and then you make us laugh. Man, I can't decide if I hate you or like you. Oh, that's good. Just love Jesus, okay? All right, here we go. All right, ready? Where are you going? Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. Just good that we want to reflect on these. Isaiah 45, 2. I've made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you and rescue you. I love that. Psalm 91, 11. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. That is a great prayer to pray. 1 Peter 5.10, after your season of suffering, God in all of his grace will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. After a season of suffering, he promises to do that. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 66.9, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born. There is a purpose in our suffering that God might do something new. And the church said, well, Pastor, I'm just going to take half of that promise with Jesus. I will not cause pain. That is my promise from God. You've got to read the rest of it. Look at Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Tomorrow, that's right. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. I believe that. Delight yourself in Him, in His righteousness, and He gives you the desires of your heart. Psalm 32, 7 through 8. You are my hiding place. You will protect, protect me from the trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Oh, it's a good one. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is true. He is a shield to all those who look to Him for protection. Lord, be a shield about us. Uh, Psalm 84, 11. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those whose walk is upright. There's a prerequisite. He doesn't withhold from those who are what? Upright. Desiring to be holy, walking after Him. Oh, you'll love this one. Everybody loves to put this on shirts. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their street. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run, not grow weary. They will walk, and they will not grow faint. I love that. And then he talks in Joshua about being prosperous. But here, 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. If you're fully committed to Him, God promises to sustain, to strengthen your heart. Now, this is good. This is one you need to put beside your bed. Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. Listen to this. When I go to bed, I sleep in peace because, Lord, you keep me safe. How many like that verse? Somebody said, man, I'm, I'm putting that over my bed. I like that one. Okay, good. And uh, here's one. I'm, I'm going uh, to give you a little sneak preview because you're here. After Easter, I'm going to do a five-week series on a book I've never preached. I'm very excited about it. And I bet you've never read it, or maybe once. And this next verse will be like the last message in the thing, but I just want to give it to you today. I, I love this. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. And it goes on in Zephaniah, say so he sings over us. And we'll talk about that another day. Proverbs 133, but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear or harm. Listen to him. And then Jeremiah 33, 3, it's God's phone number. Did you know that? Did you know God's got a phone number? Jeremiah 33, 3. No, Eric's not that lawyer. 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3. <laughs> That just occurred to me. I never thought about it until I just saw that verse. That day Eric didn't hear. I, I wet my pants. I was laughing so hard. Oh, I said that out loud. That was funny. Well, here it is. God's got a phone number. It's not that lawyer who, what's his name? Anyway, all right, here we go. It, it doesn't matter. Don't, don't tell me. See, y'all would know that guy's name and not know God's phone number. You don't get it. Here we go. All right. 
Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. How many believe God will do that for followers of Jesus Christ? Get to know him. Follow him. Oh, Lord, you're good. All right. We're not going to do the, that uh, video, so don't worry about it. Everybody get relaxed. Here we go. First Kings chapter 8. I'm at, let me pause right there. Did y'all get the video working though? No? No. So we'll just keep going. Thank you, Jesus. All right. First Kings chapter 8, verse 56. In First Kings, we read about Solomon had been praying. In fact, he had been blessing the Lord for the faithfulness of God. And then he makes a statement, and I want you to hear this. This is a, this is a great passage. You, you've probably never seen it. I don't, I don't know that I had till this week. 1 Kings 8.56 Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed all his good promise, which he promised through Moses, his servant. I could take you scripture after scripture about the promises of the Holy One. And he's got a perfect track record, unlike you and me. He is worthy of our attention and our devotion this morning. He is faithful. With a grateful heart, God was blessed. They trusted him. So in this, all I'm trying to say today is we begin to pray God's promises. We believe God's promises. We have faith in God's promises. We know the Lord will fight for us. We know we don't need to be afraid. We know that the Lord is near. We know the Lord is with us. It is the Lord who goes before us. It is the Lord who will not abandon us. If the Lord is for us, who be against us? That's Romans and on and on. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. That's a great promise of God. Your love is always there. Listen to eight Psalm, write it down. Have I given you enough verses today? Because I got another hundred, but we're not going to cover them. Psalm chapter 86, verse 5. You're willingly, you willingly forgive, and your love is always there for those who pray to you. So this morning, I have tried to deliver God's word in abundance that you might reflect and think and have something happening in your heart to begin to draw into the promises of God. I'll close it this way. I read this week, listen to this, 5.8 billion dollars in gift cards goes unclaimed annually. I also heard this week on K-Love that $72 billion is spent on our pets every year in America. That's another story for another day, okay? But $5.8 billion in unclaimed cards. I know somebody said, oh my goodness, we're having good lunch. I forgot about that gift card. Isn't it a good day when you find a gift card and it's not expired? It's a good day. You know why I shared that? Because here's what I'm going to close with. This is the promises of God. And most of them go unclaimed because we don't know them. We don't obey them. But if we choose today to obey the word of Christ, we could rise to a new level in our spiritual life unknown to us ever before. He is faithful. Bow your head. Father, I'm grateful this morning for this incredible faith family that I have the joy of sharing with. 
Help us to have a soft heart, pliable heart before you. Help us to cast off and reject unbelief today, God. But Lord, bring to pass that we would combine your word, your promises with faith. Help us to have faith in your word and trust you. God, do a greater work in me and my friends today. For Father, your promises are for me. And God's people said, Amen. And it is 1115. Love one another and hurry to lunch. Hey, get some invitation cards on the way out.